This is a podcast about Jeopardy. Hello and welcome to Potent Potables, your weekly Jeopardy podcast where two former competitors bring you recaps and analysis of the week's Jeopardy episodes, a deep dive into a topic inspired by one of those episodes, and a quiz. I'm Emily. And I'm Kyle. And we are back. I mean, I guess this is the week of, like, September 5th? Fourth, yeah, but yeah. we're not really Fifth. we're not going to recap yeah. any episodes, um, mostly because we already recapped these episodes sure a long did. time ago. Well, I guess some of them were a long time ago; others were not that long ago. But yeah, these are reruns, and it's the last week of reruns. But really, the big news for us is that we're back. We took a nice we're back a nice vacation. We hope mm-hmm. hope everyone, all of you listeners, also had some nice what five weeks? How long has it been? It's been a while. Yeah, I think it's been five weeks. I had some travel down from New York to Florida and back with a brief interruption from that jerk COVID. That jerk. Sneaky jerk. But it didn't ruin the whole three-week road trip. Just part of it. Got to see a whole bunch of cool things with my kids. Theme parks, but also the Kennedy Space Center, which was super cool. And we spent some time in Washington, D.C., saw the uh, National Museum of African American History and Culture, which was awesome. Really, really, really wonderful. I hadn't had a chance to see that one yet. So that was wonderful. Yeah. And you've been back in school most of the time that I've been traveling, right, Kyle? I've been back at school. I went back to work on like August 2nd. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've been. Yeah. Our, Our school, like the middle of the country starts earlier than the coasts in general and our district starts earlier than any other district around us and our school in particular starts earlier than any school in our district which we they Mm -hmm. make up for like we have a couple of exchange days throughout the year which it's nice you know you get a three-day weekend or whatever but still feels weird to like be walking into work on august 2nd you know Mm -hmm. like it is are we even halfway through actual summer yet i don't think so but yeah i've been i've been going to work for a while and you know we were chatting a little bit before we started recording but Whenever the kids are in the room, whenever students are in the room, things are awesome. I'm just very busy, you know, beginning Mm -hmm. of year madness. Got a lot of stuff going on, trying to get a lot of logistics in place and like, I don't know, just not enough time to do it and and all that. But, you know, ultimately it's it's fine. This is like the best teaching setup I've had in my whole career. So I feel really good in that regard, at least. (laughs) So we are excited. We have had some some good things going on, and we have some good things coming up, and we are looking forward to this next season of Jeopardy, which will be, I guess, as you know, as this episode comes out, pretty much like happening right now, right? Coming up on Monday, season thirty nine. That's right. Yeah, so really excited to um, to get back into Jeopardy, and they've got some new things happening. Indeed they do. <laughs> we we were quipping back before our break about their upcoming podcast, which now has released several episodes. And if, if you all are, are not listening to Inside Jeopardy, it is great. It is great. It's very good. It's hosted by Sarah Foss. And I would say usually also Michael Davies, but I think at this point about half of them have been Michael Davies and half have been Buzzy Cohen. Mm -hmm. So at least it's Sarah consistently. It's been good to have Buzzy on, though. I'm a fan. Oh, yeah. I I like like Buzzy, too, of course. Although Mm -hmm. they spend a lot of time talking about his wardrobe, and I'm like, this is an audio medium. (laughs) 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 like i'm sure he looks incredibly dapper i just literally cannot see it (laughs) 
Yep, yep. <laughs> is his suit navy or cobalt? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I don't. It yeah. could be anything. You could tell me whatever mm-hmm. it is. But yeah, it's it's a fun show. I think we cover things differently enough that no one is stepping on any toes. Mm-hmm. Though they didn't, as we mentioned before, did not talk to us about this. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Their stuff is behind the scenes stuff and upcoming stuff. We aren't privy to any of that information, so it's not like we'd have been covering it anyway. So I feel okay about it. But yeah, yeah. listeners, you should be listening. It's also, their episodes tend to be like 30 minutes to 40 minutes. It's not terribly long. Yeah. I caught something. I can't remember which episode it was in, but there was something that they mentioned that we have been getting wrong on our podcast. Yes. There were a couple of things that they talked about. Yeah, I agree. What you were thinking of. The one that I caught, I'm curious what you caught, is that we were under the impression here that writers wrote categories Mm -hmm. and that categories were then randomized into games. Yeah. Yeah. The writers are writing the game as a whole Mm -hmm. and then the games get randomized but the game has been put together beforehand as a complete game yeah which is interesting because we both thought that because i'm pretty sure that's what maggie told us because i remember talking about it like asking about it and i remember specifically the question came up well what about those categories that obviously go together you know yeah you know you have a the last two in double jeopardy are you know pomp and circumstance like obviously those mm-hmm. are they have to be together and i remember the answer being like well when one of those is drawn both of them then get drawn yeah so i wonder if that changed in the last four years or if that was or just, just a misunderstanding i don't yeah. specifically remember her saying that but if you do it, yeah, like it, i it has stuck in my mind like that it, yeah. that exact question was asked Mm -hmm. um yeah not to like throw anybody under the bus or be like well they didn't know what they were talking about it's just i remember that being what was said and yeah something that came up during the briefing yeah but yeah apparently that's not true when they interviewed the writers which was such a good interview oh my gosh Mm -hmm. that was Uh, a great interview when they yeah they interviewed the head writers and talked about the whole process for how they put a game together it was really interesting and maybe it was just me getting it wrong but I also had the impression, I was under the impression that Daily Double Placement was at least a bit randomized. Mm. But apparently that's not the case. Even to the point that when the writers are writing clues, they specifically designate some of them as this would be a Daily Double. Oh, when, I missed that. When a game, it's in the most recent episode, I think. Oh, okay. Um, or when a, when a game is drawn, there are clues in it that are meant to be daily doubles, mm-hmm. but they are still leveled based on their dollar value. So mm-hmm. an $800 daily double is still going to be easier than a $1,600 daily double kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. In my mind, there was still a random element to it. Like, obviously, they very rarely go in the top row. So it's like, well, if it was actually random, you would get equal distribution over time. In yeah. Every row. And there are also certain categories right. where they almost never they almost never put a daily double in a wordplay category. Yeah. yeah. Right. So in my mind, I don't know what this was based on. I don't know if anybody ever said anything like this. But in my mind, it was it's randomized unless it lands somewhere that's like, well, we can't have it there. Right. <laughs> like they'll kind of shoehorn it into places, but it's still somewhat random. Apparently that's not yeah. at all the case. Daily doubles are mm-hmm. explicitly placed. They are written as daily doubles. There were a couple times on the Inside Jeopardy podcast, and like, you know, my constant conspiracy theories that the writers are listening to our podcast, but there were a couple of times where like, they phrased something the way that I feel like we phrase it, and I'm like, 
Are they listening to us? Did we pick it up from the contestant briefing and forgot and we're running with it? You know, Or is it just kind of like the general community language? Yeah, there were a few things where I'm like, that's how we say that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They must be listening. Yes, I'm sure. Everybody on the Jeopardy staff, they take an hour and a half every week to sit mm-hmm. down and listen to us together. Yeah, it's appointment listening. Well, probably yeah. two and a half hours because they want to stop and discuss things that we say, Mm -hmm. the very insightful and deep, meaningful things we have (laughs) to say on this podcast. Um, Yes. Yeah, it's smart. You know what? Probably they just take a whole day, honestly. Yeah. You you, Mm -hmm. you tape the shows in two days and then you have... Yeah, actually, nobody's expected in the office whenever we drop our podcast. Yeah, it's just... (laughs) They just have like a... They have a Google calendar, like a Google alert, like as soon as it drops. They're like, all right, (laughs) contestants go back to the double tree or whatever. We'll call you when we're done. That's how it works. We got an answer about why they were introducing yes. Mayim as the host, but Ken as hosting Jeopardy. Yes. And it was, I don't know, contracts and stuff. Contracts and show business and whatever. Whatever. Yeah, whatever the reason. They explained it. I, I was satisfied and then I stopped caring. Yeah, I was like, okay, that answers that. Moving on, right? Yeah. It's not It's not yeah. a big deal. It's not nothing to worry about. It was just a curiosity. Yeah, but, now, but they will both be introduced as the host of Jeopardy yep. going forward. We had mentioned before that Ken is going to be the host for the whole first half of the season, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least up until December. I, I realize I'm thinking of it like a school year, but that is not half... <laughs> It's like three months as opposed to Mm -hmm. the other six. There were other things mentioned. Like they talk about the upcoming Tournament of Champions and the format for that. Big changes to tournament formats. Big changes. However, as Michael Davies said multiple times, this is not permanent. In his mind, the tournament format can change every time depending on who they have and what seems right. So in case you hadn't listened to the podcast, listeners, wild cards are out. They included all of the four game winners from this last season. Mm -hmm. And Amy, Matt, Matea have a buy into the semifinal round. So they have... Yeah. Which I think is brilliant. I also, I like that. Because to me, especially getting rid of the wild card, mm-hmm. I remember going in against against James Holzhauer going into that tournament. I was like, well, I sure hope I'm not matched up against him in the quarters. Right. Because like, the odds of me getting a wild card, like I'm not going to beat him. And the odds of getting a wild card spot are also pretty low because he's going to dominate the board. Yeah. An upset is possible. Right. Right. But like whoever, if they were to eliminate wild cards and then like two people are going to be randomly selected to go against Matt Amodio. Right. And then, <laughs> and then another game where there's not an Amy, Matt or Matea in it. Right. right. Like not to, Ryan Long is great. He could potentially beat them. You know, Jonathan Fisher did beat Matt Amodio, right? Like it's totally possible and, and conceivable that one of the not those three could yeah. beat them in the quarterfinals. Yeah. But when we have three <laughs> kind of super champs who are head and shoulders above the others in terms of their stats, it just seems a little bit unfair. Right. If it were to be seven quarterfinal games, three of which have a super champion in the round and four of which don't, I think the way they're doing it is really smart. I do too. It's also nice to bring in the four game winners because like also coming from season 35 where there were a bunch of four game winners who were very strong. Mm -hmm. It's cool because like, I don't know. There's nothing magical about winning a fifth game. It's just you happen to win one more and everybody loses. And sometimes people lose a little bit earlier than, you know, other people. Yeah. I mean, statistically, in our quarterfinal game, Anarchy, who's a four-game winner, did better than I did, who was mm-hmm. a seven-game winner. I mean, Gilbert yep. did better, who was a five-game winner, and I was a seven-game Like, the number is not, in, you know, is not the, the end-all of, like, defining the ability. So Yeah. Lots of folks who've had 
very long winning streaks. Somewhere earlier in the streak, right, there's been some kind of error that they missed something but got lucky and their streak didn't right. end, you know? Like my second game. <laughs> like, I, yes. like proper wagering, I would have lost my second game. I was not going to say it, but yes. Yeah, you got lucky with an opponent making a wagering error that let you continue your streak. And like, those kinds of things happen. Right. And I think, you know, it's a lot of skill to be a super champion, but also there's some luck. And so some of these four or five or six game winners with a little bit more luck, it could have gone longer. Maybe that's self-evident. I don't know. Sure. You know, and that's, uh, yeah, I agree with you. So uh, it'll be interesting. I know Michael Davies said the thing that like, well, you know, I personally am really happy about not having wild cards because then everyone's playing to win. And I was like, yeah, but I've been on that stage. I got a wild card. I was still playing to win. Like, yeah. I, I am confident that there has not been... It, it's, it's only when you get into final and you look at the scores and you think, okay, do I... Basically, do I bet at all and risk zeroing out or do I make a different bet to ensure a wild right. card? Like, I don't think that af- really affects the legitimacy of the game in any way. Yeah. Because no, during the buzzer round, nobody's playing for the wild card. Right. How would you even do no, that? No, I, I don't know. No, you're just trying to win. And then you where things shake out, you kind of figure out what the strategy is there. I don't I don't see an issue with that kind of mentality. So mm-hmm. whatever. Maybe I'm a little biased because I happen to be a wild mm-hmm. card. It's like, so there's a tournament that's coming up. Extremely yep. excited. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. There's two slots in it for the second chance tournament, right. which I wasn't sure how they were going to do that. It's two slots for a second chance. Yeah. So they're bringing in 18 second chance tournament contestants. Something that I looked at referred to the first round as quarterfinals, but then they're going directly to finals. So doesn't that make the first round semifinals? I don't know. You'd think so, but who knows? Yeah. I don't know if it was an official Jeopardy source that called the first round quarterfinals, but basically they're going to do one week to pick one champion and one week to pick the other champion. And those two will go on to the tournament of champions. It'll be like nine players go in, three play one night, three play the next night, three play the third night. And then the winners of those three games go into a Thursday and Friday, two day total point affair. And then they'll repeat that the next day, if I understand correctly. Sorry, the next week. I I think that's correct. And speaking of two-day total point affairs, they also got rid of that for the Tournament of Champions. Yes! Yes, they did! Which is intriguing, because they're doing it like the GOAT tournament. So for the finals, it's first player to win three matches, or three games. Mm -hmm. And we all know, we on this podcast, we love a two-day total point affair. Mm -hmm. I mean, who doesn't? Buzzy Cohen loves a two-day total point affair. Everybody loves a two-day total point affair. Yeah. But I also really actually like this approach. Yeah. And I think like the GOAT tournament, I'm willing to go on record as being team seven game series. Right. Team team. I would like every I would like yet. everyone to get to two wins before the tournament ends and somebody yes. somebody hits that third. That would be great. Yeah. I think I that, mean, that's best. Yeah. And I think honestly, I think especially with this season of so many super champions, I think that's the right way to do it. Because, you know, I've Speaking of my tournament, Emma Betcher won the first finals game. Like, she mm-hmm. she had the lead going into the second of the two-day total point affair. Now, everyone knew how it worked, so there's nothing about, like, it being unfair or anything like that. Everyone knew what the deal was, and James won fair and square. But there's a certain part of me that's like, yeah, but Emma won that first game. Like, <laughs> it ended up not really mattering much that she yeah. won that first game, right? So mm-hmm. in this in this setup, it does matter. 
Right. So I do like that. I like that approach. Mm-hmm. Also, it'll just give us more Jeopardy, which I also like. Yeah. Also, Celebrity Jeopardy is coming up. Yay. Yay. Uh, I'll watch it. Yeah, I'll watch it too. I don't know who they're going to have other than, I know Patton Oswalt will be on it. Yeah. I don't know any. It's just a different thing. When they were talking about that on the Inside Jeopardy podcast, they were like, well, you know, with regular Jeopardy, the contestants are so focused on answering questions and having their, you know, having their, you know, showcasing their knowledge and Celebrity Jeopardy, that's not the focus that they're willing to have more fun with it. I'm like, that is exactly the problem. Right. It's like, have you met your audience? <laughs> I am here for 61 questions in 30 minutes. Right. These dunces making jokes. What are you talking about? <laughs> in addition to a very full calendar of great regular Jeopardy stuff, I think Celebrity Jeopardy will be a nice palate cleanser. Yeah, and it'll also be in prime time mm-hmm. instead of taking up two weeks of the regular season. Yes. Which I appreciate on behalf of the contestants. That's 10 shows that people get a chance to be a part of. Yep. Assuming it's two weeks. I actually don't. I'm guessing it's two weeks because it usually is. Or maybe it's only one week. Is it usually only one week? It doesn't matter. I think it's Celebrity I don't, Jeopardy. I don't remember. But at the Jeopardy fan, they're saying Celebrity Jeopardy is expected to air Sunday nights at 8 p.m. So interesting. It weekly. Ooh. It'll be weekly. That's interesting because it's usually not a tournament, right? It's usually standalone games. So it doesn't really yeah. matter if there's not a continuity to it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know if there's oh. something more updated than what the Jeopardy fan has. But yeah, back in May, they were reporting that it's expected to air on Sunday nights. So cool. yeah. yeah so like hey, that. six nights a week of new Jeopardy content. Yeah. Five of them have 61 questions in 30 minutes or thereabouts. And one of them has... <laughs> More jokes. Yeah, one of them lets you relax before you go to work on Monday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. That'll be good. And then, of course, they're planning a college tournament. And they're planning a librarian's tournament. So great. Which... That's so great. Honestly, I need to get my mom to take the test again. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a retired librarian, but I think that would still count. Yeah, that would count. They'll take that. I, I think I've talked about it on the podcast, how she, she had an audition for the show once. Have I talked about that? Uh, maybe you have? It was probably a while ago. She, Yeah, she had an audition. This was like, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe even more, 15 years ago at this point. And as most Jeopardy people probably are, she's not the most like socially graceful person. And she is just convinced that she got herself blacklisted from Jeopardy because of something like innocuous, like, you know, one of the things you have to put on your forms is like dates you're not available to tape. Mm, And she put down some dates. And then before she left, she was like, oh, no, I should probably just just say I'm available all the time because I can move that stuff. And she like went and asked, is it okay if I change the dates that I said I was unavailable for? And in her mind that the, the contestant people were like, oh, pff, this lady doesn't know what she's doing. Nope. And like, and, no. and she'll never be allowed on the show again. That like, is not what happened. No, she just didn't like, she just didn't get the call. Like so many people, right? Like, yeah. And I've tried to tell her that, and she's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't think I could handle it on stage. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Try it. Give it a shot. There, she absolutely did not get blacklisted for <laughs> Oh, that. I know. Believe me, I know. The first time I auditioned, I had, like, literally just given birth. My husband was waiting in the hotel lobby with a three-week-old baby. Like, I got the email while I was in labor and answered it shortly after delivering. And it was not a very good audition. I was not at my peak. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. So later I got an audition a few years later. Um, and that was the one that ended up getting me the call. And I think it was at the first audition, but it might have been the second. I'm trying to remember. 
that I felt like I was sort of seeing somebody get themselves blacklisted, but it was like somebody who during the like, are there any questions portion raised his hand and sort of groused about how many auditions he'd been at and that he'd never been called and what exactly was the problem and when were they going to let him be on Jeopardy because obviously if he's gotten an audition this many times he must be qualified and I was like sir, sir I, the call is never coming and it's because of the thing you're doing right, right. now like just hold up a mirror in this exact moment <laughs> my man <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're looking for bright interesting telegenic people but also they are going to have to spend all day with everyone they select Mm -hmm. so and they have the choice yep like and so if you if you make yourself a person that they never want to be in a room with again probably get they will not they will not be in a room with you again (laughs) like yeah yeah yep yeah so i don't want to say they never blacklist anyone for not conducting themselves well during an audition but like not your mom yeah kyle like no yeah so librarians tournament is coming up yeah, lots of tournaments. I like Michael Davies. I like listening to him talk. I like his accent. I also like the way he talks about Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Like, he's genuinely excited about it. Like, he loves it, and it, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. And man, boy, has the talk of the Jeopardy Masters tournament gotten me. Or not tournament, Masters League. Just been, like, sticking in my brain, in my imagination. Because, obviously, he mentioned the big names. Like, wouldn't it be cool to see... James Holtzauer come back and play against Matt Amodio and against Amy Schneider and all of this stuff. And like, yeah, yeah, I'm not at their level. I get that. But still, you need some filler. <laughs> you need someone mm-hmm. who's on the list. I can be there. No details about that other than that that's a thing that Michael Davies has thought and wants to do. But man, oof. And then, of course, we just have like regular Jeopardy coming up, which will be nice again. Yeah, I don't remember who our returning champion is going to be, but I'm sure they're great. And I will remember them when it's time. You don't remember? You don't remember Luigi? It was Luigi! <laughs> Luigi de Guzman, yes. Yes. That will be fun. Man, yeah. returning champions after the hiatus is such an interesting thing. Right, because mm-hmm. well, I mean, in the last two years, last year it was Matamodio, and two years ago it was Jason Zuffernari. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it hasn't been since we were there, and Rick Terpstra was coming back. You know, it's been someone who didn't go on to be like a record-setting champion. <laughs> Wait, was there? There was one. In was between. there one in between? Wasn't there? I, I think. I don't know, because thirty-five and a thirty-six was Zach Newkirk. Oh, it was Zach Newkirk. You're right. Right, because then when taping picked up again, yeah, 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 it was Jason right. Zuffernari, Zach Newkirk, Matamodio. Yep, and yeah. Rick Terpstra was before, was before Jason Supernary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean that's an interesting thing. Yeah, but it'll be fun. I am looking forward to it because I'm going to be honest. I haven't been watching the the reruns, mm-hmm. which has been kind of a nice palate cleanser. But I am looking forward to some new Jeopardy. Yeah, yeah. I also, I mean, what was I going to do? I think there were a couple times when Jeopardy was on, right. and if it's on, then then I'm watching it and shouting out answers. But I did not pursue. <laughs> Right, you were Jeopardy. Make the time for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, I've, I've had a long break from Jeopardy, and I am ready to go. Yep, I am too. So that's what the plan is. Emily and I have spoken briefly about the general concept of perhaps you know changing up our format on the show. That's as much as we have talked about, though. So I mm-hmm. can't give any specifics, and I really don't know what that'll look like. But at the very least, next week we will have some recaps pretty sure we'll still do a deep dive and a quiz i don't see that going away so that's coming up we'll be getting back into it yeah excited for season gosh 39 39 season 39 yeah it's weird because we were on four years ago 
almost on season e- 35. Yeah, almost exactly four years ago right now. Yeah. Just a, just a couple of weeks until our anniversaries. Mm-hmm. And I, it's been long enough, and also turnover at my school is high enough, that there are a number of colleagues I have now who just, who like weren't colleagues at that time and didn't watch me play mm-hmm. and like just don't know that that's a thing. Yeah. But then there are also those who do. We were in a meeting the other day about like a professional development thing about like thinking strategies and how do you explicitly teach children about thinking strategies, activating background knowledge asking questions, searching for meaning, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last discussion question was like, why is it important that we do this? And there was a quote about, I don't know, lighting a fire or something. And, and the general answers were like, it's important that we teach kids how to think because they're going to get out of high school. They can forget all of the content they learned in our class. But if they know how to think, they will be able to be successful in whatever they do, right? Ultimately, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. And then there was one person who was like, Yeah, and you know, there's also the opposite of people who, the kids who might learn every fact in your class and be really good at Jeopardy or whatever, but they don't know how to survive outside of this classroom. And half the eyes in the room just, just like turned on me and I was like, whoa, way to to put me on blast here in front of everyone. I did not see it going this way. And that was when the rest of the people in that room learned that I had been on Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. So it was it was it was interesting. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I was like, sure, there are, there might be a few kids who are really good at facts but don't pick up street smarts. But I would like to think that most of us know how to survive at the very least. I don't know. Yeah. Of course, then there is, of course, those of us who go to Jeopardy auditions every year and complain about why we haven't gotten the call. So yes, maybe not. Yep. Gosh, I hope that guy isn't a listener. (laughs) (laughs) If he is, hello. (laughs) I remember you. (laughs) Uh, I was having a thought about when people contrast book smarts and street smarts in a way that I get annoyed about it Mm -hmm. because I think that ideally we could recognize that people are just generally doing their best, you know? And (laughs) I think we have largely come to a consensus that if somebody doesn't have a lot of book smarts, it's not really okay to, like, be a jerk and laugh at them about it, you know? And, like, street street smarts, I think, is shorthand for a whole bunch of other cognitive skills that people might be doing their best with, but just not naturally be super gifted in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Right. It should work the other way, too. Agreed. I suspect having book smarts but not street smarts is sometimes shorthand for autism and other kinds of neurodivergence, but that's another conversation for another day. I think there's part of that as well, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) We got a a bit off topic there. That's okay. Yep, sorry. That happened. No, no, no. I'm the one who brought it up. Yeah. I generally get accused of burying the lead. When people find out that I was on Jeopardy and I didn't mention it while I was introducing myself. Right, right. It's like one of those real street smart ways to, to conduct yourself. Right. Well, also it's like... Hi, okay. my name's Emily. I was on Jeopardy. Right, exactly. Like, when does that naturally come up? Mm-hmm. How often mm-hmm. do you meet someone and you just kind of get around to, so have you been on any game shows? Oh, well, I have. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I just happened to naturally follow the course of the conversation to this very niche thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't bring it up because mm-hmm. it's like, how? How do I bring yeah. it up without? How would I do that? How would I do that without obviously bragging? Without mm-hmm. obviously insisting that you ask me about something interesting about myself, right? Yeah. Whatever. It's not. It's fine. It's fine. It's not important. Yeah. Well, thanks, listeners, for tuning back in. 
do you call it tuning in if it's a podcast? Does that, Does that date conjure us? a radio <laughs> dial specifically? I don't know. Anyway, thanks, thanks for listening. For listening. Yeah. Um, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're at it, go subscribe to Inside Jeopardy. I'll just go ahead and give them free publicity like I do for their whole television show. Right. <laughs> um, our, our brand is amplifying Jeopardy. I think yeah. it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you would leave us a review, that would be helpful to us, helps other folks find us. Uh, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash potentpotables. So if you have a couple bucks a month to help us keep doing what we do, we would greatly appreciate it. And if you have friends who are Jeopardy fans, let them know about our podcast. You can all find us on Facebook at Potent Potables, on Twitter at Potent Potables 1. Our email address is potentpotablescast at gmail.com. And our website is potentpod.com. And we will be back next week with a whole new week of Jeopardy episodes. Or, or Jeppisodes, as we call them in my house. And until then, may your minds be quick and your buzzers be quicker. <laughs> <laughs>